Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring an excerpt from The Master's Little Mess, an age play novelette written by R. Greco. Continuing the story of Kay and her semi-sometimes Master John. Master John comes for a visit, and things actually switch between the usual bad little girl and her dominant man, at least for a little bit. The couple takes in the sights and sounds of San Francisco and settles into a domesticity that both Kay and John fear and secretly ache for, as Kay feels her sensibilities all but completely budding for this man who has captured her heart, loins, and imagination. This is the fourth audiobook in a series of six. Listeners who want to continue the story in sequence can do so with The Master's Little Jewel, an age play novelette. And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from The Master's Little Mess. Chapter 1 In my daydream, the couple was snuggled so close even the rain seemed to avoid trying to light on them. Somewhere in the arms pushed together and the sides of chests rubbing, even the occasional click of hip to hip, was the place where he started and she began. But as with their lovemaking the night before, the tall man and the wide woman were holding fast like one body intertwined on the busy, student-filled street. John had been out here plenty, but he had never been to Berkeley. I had gone to school here for six months. I lived only an hour away now, depending on traffic, of course. So the second day of his visit, we decided to take my SUV and make our way down. That it was a drizzly late afternoon made the adventure even more romantic that John and I had literally spent the first day of his arrival in bed fucking until we were sore, made this trip a much-needed respite. After remarking on and marveling over the fact that the Route 80 John steered my car onto when leaving my house was the very same Route 80 that ended not more than a half hour from his, we fiddled with the FM and caught up on all manner of mundane life that had passed us by in the month since seeing each other. We didn't talk sex, we didn't talk dominance or submission, nor had we delved into anything kinky the night before. We were simply two friends catching up. Ironic as it was that I had been through many heated phone calls with this guy being his little girl, toy, and pet, now that he was here, we had enjoyed a rather vanilla night of sex, a good solid rogering though it had been. I could remember Lisa telling me pointedly that when I went to NYC to avoid Greenwich Village as it was nothing more than just another Haight-Ashbury and another Berkeley, and she had been right. The very last place John had taken me was for a spin down those twisty small streets near NYU, and though I found the place fascinating, seeing places like Café Wa and Washington Square, still I felt we had our own very own version of student-fueled Bohemia right here. I was proud to show John the area, happy and warm, snuggled close to him, and a bit worried what exactly what would happen to me when he left after the weekend. Ah, uh, vinyl, John squealed as we came upon Amoeba Records. I pulled his arm a bit. Rasputin is on the next corner. Better? Kinda, yeah. More the stuff you like, I think. So we walked to the next drizzly corner, my big hat sluicing rain off it, John in and out of awning edges, yet still peppered with drops on his thick, dark locks. I liked the warmth of his body as much as his childlike enthusiasm for things 
like the fact that the same nationwide road that ended at his door began at mine, and that he still searched for records. As we made the next corner and I released John to the brightly lit store, I stole a look at his ass and began letting go the fantasy of looking from the outside in at us. I did do that at times, like I knew we all did. Seeing ourselves separate from ourselves, nothing as crazy as like me internally speaking about K, me, in the third person. Still, at times, I would regard myself as a person in a film I was watching, or a novel I was reading. I hadn't really done any of that over the phone with John, but in NYC, and here now, I seemed to revel in both being present with the guy, as well as considering us as a cute couple. I was simply romanticizing us being here, as John almost skipped ahead of me, pulling my hand softly to the stairway leading down to the rock record section. Feeling a lurch of more than just libido, I stepped to this guy who always deferred to me, was always considerate to where I was when with him, would always wait for me before he descended a staircase or moved into a store doorway. John and I certainly had different musical tastes, so as he made his way into some classic rock of the 70s, I found some big band stuff from the early 60s. Rasputin was big, bigger than I had even remembered from 15 years ago, a reverse of what I usually find from places of my youth. It was good to be back here, fun to be showing this particular man the area, but I really didn't want to spend a lot of time in a record store in this college town when John and I had more sex to get to, or at least he had my ass to spank. What I had planned was a nice overnight in San Francisco. John had been in the city plenty before, but I had a friend who owned a seven-room hotel in the city, a very romantic, slightly gothic walk-up, and I wanted to spend the night there. Not that another night of deep plowing wouldn't do this girl good. When I booked the red-style time house, I had been hopeful that the surroundings might prompt John's more dominant side. I had made the reservations when he solidified his visit, and I was by no means trying to stage a scenario. First and foremost, I thought the red, as it was affectionately known, was simply delicious. But seeing that John had yet to even pat my ass, nor had we spoken about anything kinky, I was more than chomping at the bit to get him to that little brass and velvet hotel to see if we could start what we both knew was going to happen. I did also think, as I very much did when thinking about John, that his avoidance of anything kinky, the doing or saying of it, was deliberate. The guy was crafty to a fault. He could simply be teasing me. Coddling my doubts, I didn't even hear him sidle up to me until I felt his breath on my neck and his hand tickle across my ass. Got a really good brain salad and near mint, he said, as I instantly got wet and pushed my ass back into his hand. Had the ELP album or me got him going, I suddenly wondered. I also suddenly didn't care. You feel you want to get out of here? He said, rubbing his hand harder across my warming ass. Standing as he was, the only thing the pierced patrons or spirited yet slightly indifferent sales help could see was some long-haired guy standing close behind some wide-hipped girl. Sure, you could tell there was a little groping going on, but who cared, really? Especially in Berkeley, of all fucking places. I wonder if we can. The breath caught in my throat, as much from John pulling at the loose black skirt I was wearing, a 
as from his unfinished inquiry. I instinctively moved to a deeper corner of the big basement room and let him press up against my ass even harder. We more or less rolled to near the beginning of the bossa nova section, and I looked behind me as John pointed his chin in my shoulder. I stretched mine round to kiss him as he began to lift the folds of my skirt up my thighs. I could feel John's erection poking into me despite his thick jeans and the fact I had a bunch of skirt bunched up on my ass between us. This is new, something public, I sighed as he rubbed. I just saw your ass and thought. He had moved to kiss the back of my neck, and I nearly lost my footing. John had yet to kiss the back of my neck, and the very last thing he would suggest when we had our phone sex sessions was something so deeply romantic and yet so god-awful hot. Finding something new this man had yet to do to me, and him doing it right then, I began to feel my pussy thump and my clit tingle. How much of this could we expose, you think? I wasn't about to guess, seeing as he had the back of me exposed about up to the center of the back of my bare thighs. Bent as I was with this handsome man behind me, my hands splayed across the papery brittle tops of ancient used album covers. Some cloying music I knew I should recognize, but had no care that I didn't. I undulated ever so slightly as John lifted my skirt as high as he could manage, just exposing the bottom of my white panty bottom to his crotch. Feeling the dew tickle of a thick milky line of juice flooding my cunt, I pressed my ass back even harder and began to climax right there as my man stayed where he was, never once adjusted his footing, simply kissing me over and over again across a tiny rectangle of space on my neck. Even then, as I began to climax in my mist-stunted pissing of ways, even as I lay back into and away from his caress, and the tip of his middle finger tracing tentatively the spongy cotton between the crack of my ass, I wondered what would happen if I spun, flipped down my skirt, and walked away from John, leaving him to the musty basement and his unbidden erection. And I wondered where this nascent idea of flight was coming from. We hope you enjoyed listening to this excerpt from The Master's Little Mess. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon.com, Audible.com, and iTunes.com.